0: morning, Connect Church. Yeah, first time I ever got to say that. Uh, we are very excited. The footage there of last week just fills my heart. With so many uh, amazing thoughts as to what God is doing. You guys are a part of something that's very, very unique, very special in the context of church and church history and, and this community. So thank you for being a part of that. If you have not yet signed... The Charter, uh, it is still laid out, also an opportunity there for you to fill out the, the membership covenant. Uh, we're keeping this open throughout the entire month uh, of March, realizing that people's schedules make it impossible uh, for everybody to be uh, everyone, to be there every week, uh, even when it's a high priority. and so if there was sickness or you just couldn't be here last week, we want to include you. Uh, in this really, really once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So please take advantage of it and make your commitment to be a part uh, of the future of our church. Uh, just a, a quick update. I I uh, was talking to Pastor Jay before uh, the service today, and uh, there's just so much going on, and he does such an amazing job, the team putting together the video update, But uh, there's so much going on now and I thought I'd take just a couple minutes. So please uh, just uh, bear with me here. I think it'll help you. You'll walk out of here more informed today. Uh, When we started the process of removing old and replacing it with new uh, for the remodeling of the property we bought on Killian Road, uh, we realized that when you do that kind of work, you don't always know Uh, beforehand what all it will entail. It's kind of like peeling an onion to another layer and another layer. Uh, The roof, for example, which was in this week's uh, video, our original intent was just to replace a part of it. But once we started it, we realized it was wise to replace the entire roof. Same is true of the heating and cooling. Uh, we, we, We knew we had a couple of pieces that need replaced, But we have really re-engineered the entire uh, system uh, and given ourselves the most uh, efficient uh, heating uh, units out there and also cooling, uh, 97% efficient. It's remarkable, and I'm I'm thrilled. Every step of the way, the ceiling, uh, because the previous roof had leaked, a lot of the ceiling drop tiles uh, had been stained by water, and so we were going to replace the bad, but we decided to do the entire roof. We've replaced all the carpet, every square inch, uh, replaced every single uh, toilet, and commode in the entire building is being yanked out and replaced with, with brand new, new cabinetry, uh, every, the places where your kids crawl around on the floor, all brand new, clean. And so the, the intent has been to do it now while we can and not just kick the can down the road for somebody else to take care of, We're trying to put ourselves in a position uh, to where when you turn on the lights, you know every light fixture has been replaced, and we have in place of the old LED, which is 70% more efficient. And so all that to let you know, the timeline, when we started, we said, wow, Easter's out there. Wouldn't it be great to kind of aim at that? And we have. Uh, But I want to be very honest, I want to talk to you about that right now and not wait till a week or two before Easter, but it's still possible, but it, it is a long shot now because there, we're in the period where we're starting to get into inspections and uh, we're going to have to uh, take care of things in order to meet the codes. We, we certainly all want that. Uh, I'm big on compliance and, and doing what uh, civil government asks us to do. Uh, so there's a chance. Uh, but uh, to be just as brutally honest as I can, uh, we just don't know for sure. We're going to go as quickly as we can, but again, I'll use that term long shot. What, What I want us to hear from all of that is this. Number one, the issue here is not so much a date on the calendar as it is preparing ourselves. I want us to be prepared when we go. I want us to be ready and that's one of the reasons I'm starting a new series today called Good News. These are all the positive things that we stand for, that we represent as Connect Church. And so we'll be talking about them. The second thing I wanted you to hear is uh, because we're in this transition mode here, uh, there's things you're going to have to uh, stay tuned, pay attention, and hear, uh, we mentioned last week in the services that uh, because we're in transition uh, The work, legal work in getting bank accounts opened and legal matters is in process. And so for now, we wanna encourage you, those of you who give so generously to continue to give by making your checks out to ABT. Uh, And then keep in mind this, there has never been a time when it is more important than right now for us to remain faithful in our generosity Uh, We're paying cash for all that we do. And we started the program by saying we would finish phase one, which is the remodeling of the existing building before we start phase two. Because it's very important for us uh, to make sure we do this sequentially and make sure we have enough to move forward. Uh, Yes, there have been cost overruns. And the word Really, the correct word is not overrun. An overrun says you had an existing number and you went over it. We didn't know to begin with what it was going to be fully. We had an idea, an educated guess, but here we are. Uh, Things are going incredibly well. Uh, This last week was a really great week, a lot of progress. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, How many of you signed up to be on the email list to be told about volunteer work days. How many of you have got one of those before? Would you wave at me? If you want to be on that list, just please let us know, go online, and tell us you you want uh, to be notified. But a lot of the, we got a number of things coming up that's gonna take an all hands on deck effort. Uh, We have good news to tell the world, and I, I believe if we will prepare ourselves To tell that good news, God has a plan for us, a purpose for us as a community. It's true in in all of our lives on an individual level. God wants us to become our best person we can possibly be. And so we're going to spend a little time talking about good news. Now, the word good news, the phrase, the, the phrase good news, is oftentimes in the older translations translated. The word gospel, uh, if you've heard that word before, it, it is, it's basically the same Greek word translated in some of the newer translations, good news. They mean the same thing, the gospel, the good news. Uh, it, it, it literally means that Christ has come, the Messiah has come. That is the good news. Uh, and, and defining this is, is not an easy thing because there's so many things that are good about the good news, but we're going to talk about what makes the good news, so good. And, and I hope you'll get a new appreciation for this and understanding when the Bible says good news, it really is good news. And good news is just one of those things that, that uh, it's hard to quantify. You know, I, I laugh about how things that appear to be good news in a matter of just a short period of time, they, they change and they're not good news anymore. I was thinking about a friend of mine who bought a, a new car. And that's really good news. He was excited. He told me, good news, I got a new car. And about six months later, he says, I got some really bad news. I bought a car and uh, I'm having problems with it. I got to get another car. So if you have a car that started out as good news and it's not good news anymore, now it's bad news, there's another weird reality that sometimes your bad news is somebody else's good news. I got a couple of friends of mine that sell cars. They're saying, you have bad news? You have problems with your car? That's good news for me. <laughs> Mike Nolan uh, sits up here going, good news, come buy a car for me. A uh, friend of mine, Paul Mish, is sitting there going, yes, tell me about your bad news. I can help give you some good news. And so this good news, bad news, you're right? You you're with me on this? It's it's kind of a moving target. Uh, I found someone that I think a great deal of. In fact, we're in love. That's good news. Fears you. <laughs> few years later, it's not such good news anymore. And, and that goes on and on. About a house, a new house. I love it. It's good news. It turns out to be the money pit. Not such good news. And, and so we can go on and on with those scenarios. But what makes the good news so good? We're going to talk about that today. I believe there's a, a chapter in the Bible, Second Corinthians chapter 4. And really to get your head around what we're going to talk about today, you'll want to go home and read this entire chapter. Uh, you'll want to go start in the very first verse and just read the entire chapter because it is just filled with this idea we're going to talk about today. And uh, that idea is in our, in our first thought. Number one, in your notes, there's a statement I want to make. When we define the good news, I want you to know the good news is good because of the glory of Christ. Uh, you see, everything else is going to change. Everything else is a moving target. But the glory of Christ is a constant. It remains the best news, the greatest news in the history of the world. If you're unable to see the glory of Christ, it simply means you, you can't see the light. You can't see the good news. And we're filled Really, frankly, uh, around us, the world is filled with people who have not been able to see the light. They haven't seen the, the glory of Christ. So this, this first verse we're going to look at, verse number four in Second Corinthians 4, spells out why so many people uh, don't get this, why they don't understand that there is glory in the name of Christ. Let me read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the god of this world, was blinded, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about, if you want to circle something, the glory of Christ. They don't understand the message of the, about the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. Uh, this, this verse that kind of launches us into the idea of what the good news is, I think points us directly to the glory of Christ. That is the good news, that God became a man. He came to this world. He lived among us. He lived a sinless life. And not for anything he had done, he was crucified, to pay an atonement for our sins. That is the good news. And the glory of Christ is found in the resurrection. Uh, the, the good news is found in, in so many, so many amazing truths in scripture and we could go on and on and on and certainly justification uh, by faith which simply means some of these theological words just kind of throw us for a loop but justification remember this little uh, something to help memory peg you here just as if i've never sinned next time you see the word justification it's in the bible think just as if i've never sinned i have been justified it's just as if i never sinned that's certainly good news. Forgiveness of sin, that is good news. Removal of the wrath that was on us, the penalty for sin, uh, redemption from guilt. It doesn't matter what you've done here today. God loves you and will forgive you. Entrance into heaven, that's good news. All these things are, are, are good news. But they all revolve around the idea of the glory of Christ. So the good news is not understood unless you first understand the glory of Christ. <coughs> One of the things I think of when I think of the glory of Christ is very much a part of this time of year. It's the idea of the resurrection. <coughs> Okay, how many of you have ever coughed one time in your life? You don't get to do it in front of hundreds of people, but uh, it is what it is. The good news is simply not understood. And that's, that's what I want to drill down on more than anything else today. It's all about Jesus. The the good news is about the glory of Christ. And you have to see that. I um, I have a question to ask you today. You know, has the light opened your eyes? Put it in the first person. Ask the question. Has the light opened my eyes and changed my life? I um, was thinking about how much this last week I I did a drive. Kathy had left a car, her car in Orlando, Florida. And so I flew down Sunday night and I drove it back, uh, left at 2.30 in the morning on Wednesday morning and uh, drove straight through. And what, you know, I, I know you all understand that men and women are wired differently But as a man, I have found great meaning and purpose in life. In over the road long distance drives, I don't know. There's just something therapeutic. Uh, I can be alone. I I can be thinking, thinking, and and I was thinking of you guys, a lot this last week. And you know, Pastor Jay and I just talked a number of times about just the amazing way God gave us unity. This was. Both services, we're a multi-generational ser- church. You saw in the video, older folks, younger folks. And, and I love that. I want to be a part of a church family that is multi-generational. Some churches all old, some churches all young. So Connect Church is, kind of believes, it's one of our core values, that God loves people. Age, gender, not an issue. Race, not an issue. Uh, God loves people. And so I was thinking of you guys, but I have a very tender spot. In fact, a couple of weeks ago when Kathy and I were gone on a Sunday, we were speaking at a family conference uh, in, out in the West Coast uh, in Oregon. And I, I just love so much our families and what we're all going through, especially those of you who have younger children. And then... Especially, especially, those of you that have teenagers, and I've, I've told you before years ago, What? how many of you have heard of Mark Twain? Huh? Okay, kind of heard of him. Very, very clever author, writer, but he used to say about teenagers that, you know, love your kids when they turn 13, uh, put them in a barrel, close the lid, and plug the hole. Uh, re- remove the plug daily and feed them, but replace the plug and let them out when they're 16, 17, 18, depending on how they're doing. Now, it's kind of silly, but what he was saying is, is that sometimes teens, students, uh, struggle with some of the normal process of hormonal change, peer pressure, and what the world throws at them. I've told you guys before that when I was 13, 13 was, was the longest four years of my life. It was just long, 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 long. And my parents sent me away uh, for a summer to live with my grandparents. And the last words they said as they put me on the plane is, uh, we're sending you away because we don't like you. <laughs> uh, you can come back when you decide you want to be a part of this family. And I was no worse than anyone else. I was just, you know, 13. And, and not everybody goes through this at 13. Some, some people remain perfectly normal at 13 and 14. But it, for me it was a tough time and, it, and there were things going on and circumstances. But all that to say this. There is something that I I ask God to help me with when I speak with families that have students, teenagers, especially in that, that 13, 14, 15 age and, and it's something that I pray about probably more than any other age group because I, I know where I was at that age and I know that at age 17, God spoke to my heart and I saw the light. I saw the glory of Christ. It changed everything. God saved me. But in the, those years of wandering and uncertainty, I, and this is what I hope you will hear me say, parents, moms, dads, I would go to church because I was fairly compliant. I would do what I was asked to do. I would sit there, and it looked like the light was on, and I was seeing the light, but the light was on, and nobody was home. I was not listening, and, and, and I know I'm going to tell you something because I just want to let you know how crazy it was, how disconnected I was to church and what was going on. I uh, Now, technology has changed since the 1960s. Is everybody, everybody aware of that? Okay. They had a new amazing contraption called a transistor radio. How many of you know what one of those are? How many of you never have seen one of those except in a museum? <laughs> I, uh, I would sneak my transistor radio into church. And the last thing I'd do before I get out of the car, make sure nobody's looking, I'd take the 9-volt battery and I'd lick it just to make sure it had, how many of you ever did that before? Okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. yeah, Plug it back in. And I ran an extension earbud cord from the pocket up the sleeve and the bud was in the palm of my hand and I would sit there in church like this. That's pretty disconnected, wouldn't you agree? And I'm not saying I was diabolical, but I never got caught. I I I just I was quite proud of myself. But I was so disconnected. I I hadn't seen the light. I didn't comprehend the glory of Christ. And some of your parents, you got great kids. You know, part of the problem with some of them is they're too much like you. <laughs> okay? And, and the, here's what I want to he- hear me say. All that to say this, the good news, the glory of Christ, changes everything. And there's a thing the Bible calls spiritual discernment. Uh, and it, it doesn't mean you have a crystal ball, okay? It doesn't mean you know everything about everybody. But spiritual discernment is when you look into somebody's eyes, somebody's eyes and you see into their soul there's a discerning ability to know and, and understand how they're doing spiritually. And some of you parents, if you look, the truth is you will see that your kids, although you may have drugged them to church every day since they were born. See, this, this second generation Christianity thing is very tricky. Because bringing a child to church does not mean that they have chosen Christ. And an awful lot of the problems I see in homes are simply because someone we've brought to church, and that was my case, has not seen the light or the glory of Christ. And their eyes have not been opened and they have not been born again. And if you see that or discern that in your kids, there's only one thing you can do. I came home when I was 16 one night and by then there was a lot of tension in our home. My dad had done everything you could do. I came in late, long after curfew, and rather than meeting me at the door like he did oftentimes, he simply got down beside the couch in the living room knowing that Ed had to walk through the living room to get to his bedroom. And there he was on his knees praying for me by name. You say, Ed, was that a staged prayer? For your benefit? Probably. But I also think he had been there for a while. And he prayed my name out loud, never said a word. And it wasn't long after that that I chose to follow Christ, that the light came on, that I saw the glory of Christ. Parents, don't be discouraged. Just pray. Don't give up. Just pray. Don't don't write them off. Just pray. Most of what they're doing, if if you just go back and remember what you were doing at that age, you were probably much worse than they are. And and if you'll hear my heart in this, this issue of the good news comes down to has the light opened my eyes and changed my life? If, if, If our life hasn't been changed, there's no light the glory of Christ is not within us. Jesus changes everything. He opens our eyes. He opens our heart. He gives us a new desire because if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And so the good news, what is the good news? It's that Christ is Lord. The glory of of Christ is that God came and the light is on and we see it. Now, the next thought really helps us, I think, because I think it explains a little bit as to why uh, the good news remains unknown to many people. They, They just can't get past themselves. Would you look at number two? The good news is good because it's not about me. So the good news is about the glory of Christ. The passage we read made it very clear that scripture spells it out. Satan blinds the mind of those who do not believe. But the good news also can be fogged over in our life and to other people by the fact that sometimes we want to make it all about ourselves. Now, here's how Paul explained it. Second Corinthians, we're in the same chapter, chapter number 4, verse number 5. Here's what he says. You see, we don't go around preaching our, about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. You will never see the glory of the Lord until you get over yourself and realize church is not about you and how you feel and what Jesus can do for you. See, we we live in such a consumer culture, and, and, and really a lot of preachers have made it this way. A lot of churches make it this way. But Connect Church exists to connect you to Christ, The the truth is, we're the ones that change, not him. It's not about us, it's about him. And yet he loves us and he makes it about us in that he died for us. But from our perspective, you will miss the boat. You will not see the light. You will not see the glory of Christ if you've wrapped yourself around the idea that church is about me and how it makes me feel. You'll never see the glory of Christ until you get over yourself no one can save themselves so the question should be here it is who who is the main focus in my life we're talking about the good news if you want to lock into the good news of the gospel the glory of Christ you've got to do what John the baptizer did You've you've heard of him, John the Baptist, referred to in the old King James English. John the Baptizer, after preaching that the Messiah was come, he met Christ. John had a crowd following him. He had thousands of people who who literally hung on his every word. And and yet, when he met Christ and saw the glory of Christ, the light came on. And I want you to help me with this. Some of you are familiar with this, some of you are not. This is going to be a revelation moment for some of you. He set his ego aside and he pointed at Christ and he said, he must, what's the word? Increase. So you, you know it now. Some of you knew that passage in the Gospels. John saw Jesus and said, he must what? Increase. It's not about me, it's about him. I must, and the word there is decrease. The more you see the light, the more you see the glory of Christ, the less you become obsessed with your ego and what you want, the more it becomes about Christ and helping others connect to Christ and his community. Number three, The good news is good because of the way it's revealed. I want to give you maybe a new spiritual insight for some of you. I want to share a a deep spiritual truth here. It's found in this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, Here it is. Those who experience the most suffering in their life have the greatest opportunity to experience spiritual truth. In in, in other words, we've made a mistake somewhere along the way of saying if God loves me, life will go smooth. I'll have no problems. Problem free. And we've equated health, wealth, prosperity. We've connected that to the glory of Christ, if you know him. But the scripture teaches exactly the opposite, that real spiritual revelation and truth and knowing Christ is found more in suffering. Now, this is kind of a lengthy passage, so here's what I want everybody to do. Will you do this for me? Lock in here. If you don't get anything else today, this is what a lot of people are missing when it comes to the good news. Some of you think, thinking, well, this doesn't sound so good now. Oh, it is. If you look a little bit deeper, here's what this passage says. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this treasure. So Paul is saying, hey, Christians, you people who live in Corinth, I've been to Corinth, a city not far from Athens. It is a city in ruins now, but at the time there was this thriving church of believers But they fell into the same pit we do in thinking that God only loves us if everything's going great, when nothing could be further from the truth. He says, here, we have this light. We've believed. We've seen the glory of Christ. But we're our bodies. He referred to them as fragile clay jars. He goes on to say, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, Not from ourselves. Again, this whole idea. The good news is not about us. And it is revealed, it is going to tell us right now, in a profound way. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. How how many of you watch the news and go, I'm kind of perplexed. What are people thinking? This world we live in but not driven to despair. Stop getting depressed because the world thinks crazy. What else can they do? They haven't seen the light. They have not yet seen the glory of Christ. He says, we are hunted down. Thankful we haven't had to deal with that yet, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Here it is, the most important phrase in this passage. Through suffering. Our bodies continue to share in the death of Christ. Why? So that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. These jars of clay. Here's the profound truth. Suffering leads to a greater testimony that can bring glory to Christ. Now, I'm not, believe me, I do not hope to appear in the next edition of Fox's Book of Martyrs. I'm not sitting here going, yeah, bring it on. I want to suffer. I don't like pain, I'm a big wimp like anybody else. But at the end of the day, when problems come my way and when difficulties come my way and when you know not everybody's treating me nice and, and when some people may be just outright unfair and unkind and harsh and cruel, I go to this passage and I remember through suffering our bodies continue to do what? Share in the death of Christ. Jesus died on a cross, and believe me, the world would crucify him again today if he were here right now. And that is why many of the things Christians are experiencing in the world today, just because we have freedom right now, don't think for a second that the world is friendly to Christians. The, The world is hostile and angry, and there are Christians being martyred right here and now in the 21st century, This didn't stop when we became civilized in modern times. There is a spiritual battle going on. But I'm here to tell you that if you share in the death of Christ, you will also be seen by the world and they will see the glory of Christ in you. And it is our privilege to bear that with great confidence that God will use it to bring people to see his glory. I mean, let's face it, the world we live in, if somebody gets a hangnail, it's it's not fair. But when, when a believer goes through the most horrific things and they maintain their love for Christ and they point to him and say, it's not about me, it's about him. They are able to allow people to see Christ in them. That's the next question. Can Jesus be seen in my life? That's a question for you to go home, spend some time thinking about. Number four. The good news is good because it will last forever. The good news is good because it will last forever. Uh, It it is exciting when I think about what God is doing, what he wants to do through our community. There are people who need Jesus in this world. They need to see Christ in us. And, And if they do and they come to Christ and the light gets through and they see the glory of Christ and they are born again and, and, and they begin to follow Christ. and one of the first public, one of the first public uh, signs of someone following Christ is they follow Jesus in baptism. It's a testimony. it's letting the world know Christ lives in me. And, and when we begin to change and become more loving in, in our marriages, more gracious to others, when we become better parents, more fair-minded, more loving and gracious in so many ways because the, the Beatitudes that Jesus, you, you want a psychological book for, to heal all relationships. Read the Beatitudes. Jesus taught us how to get along with one another. We, do, we who are Christians do not have conflict and suffer for a lack of knowledge. We've got the best manual in the world in the Bible on how to get along with one another. And so when we take to that, and we allow Christ to change us because we've seen his glory and we know that the target, <laughs> the goal is not to, to be a good Christian like Jay, although he's a great example. The goal is to be like Christ. You know, Jay's not perfect. He, gets, he had bad breath this morning when I talked to him. I, 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 just, I, I totally made that up, okay? All that to say, no one here is perfect. Everyone here will let you down, but the glory of Christ will never fail you. And that is the bullseye. That's what we've been asked to live like. And that's the kind of testimony, even in our suffering, that will draw other people. And if we will do that, and you have a part. I was thinking about, uh, in the first hour this morning, we recognized an amazing couple who ran our outreach ministry here at our church for many years, uh, Ron and Pat Halverson, uh, and the volunteers. And, and I thought, you know what, I'd, I'd do it real quick. How many of you know Ron and Pat? Would you wave at me? How many of you have ever volunteered in Helping Hands at least one time? Would you wave at me? Awesome. The people, because we've sold our building, we're in transition, some of the things we used to be able to do we can't do anymore. But I, I thought, what a great example here. The good news is but it's good because it will last forever. People, who have come to Christ through the labor and efforts of those of you that just raised your hand, what you did will last forever. And and, and that's that's the difference between good news that is the glory of Christ and what we define. I got a new car, that's good news. That doesn't last. You know, I, I made a new friend, that's good news. Probably won't last. You, you see, the, the good news is good because it will last forever. That, that quantifies and defines for us what it's really, really all about. And so that's the last verse here I want to share with you. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present bodies, remember they're clay jars? Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. You say, well, you don't know how long I've been having trouble. You know, the truth is, if you live 80, 90, 100 years here, that's nothing compared to eternity. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last how long? forever forever and the the last question i have here this is why we must never give up we've got to got to make it this this practical and so this last question is a practical one how do i renew my resolve to never give up how do i get up every day and we're going full circle here because we come right back to this you meditate on the glory of christ Every day of your life. You hear preachers talk. Others talk about having a daily devotional moment where you you go to scripture or you pray or you pray with your spouse. You pray in a small group. This is it. Don't make it about you. It's about Christ. How do I renew my resolve? I focus my attention on him. It gets it off me and my problems. And I become grateful and thankful. It's what we did last week with the communion service. We put our attention on him. It's one of the reasons we come and worship every week because it's not about us, it's about him. We never give up because he never gave up on us. He loves us. All we need to do is be fixed on his glory. That's the good news. Let's stand together. Would you stand with me, heads bowed? We're gonna move into a moment of, of worship and praise. Father, speak to our hearts. If there's someone here, who's never been born again, Lord, speak to their hearts today. If there's someone who's become self-absorbed, Lord, help them to, to seek to know you more and to see the glory, the amazing glory that you reveal in yourself. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.